So I think the messaging to teenagers is like, this is something that's out there. It is used both for medicine and for pleasure. When you're over 21, there is an opportunity for us to discuss this just like it is with alcohol. And you need to be responsible. And it's, you know, if you have any questions, I want to answer them for you. And I am here for you in a, you know, somewhat judgment-free environment because we all know as mothers, we're somewhat judgment-free. And, and I think we just need to be honest with them. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotches marmet We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 111 of the Art of Living Well podcast. We know we have a lot of new listeners out there, and I just want to welcome you. We are so glad that you're tuning into today's episode. And I thought I'd share a little bit of background for those of you that may have only been here with us for um, a few episodes. So Marnie and myself are both board-certified integrative health practitioners and certified health coaches, and we are so passionate about bringing you new ideas and practices and tips from both our amazing guests and our own life and professional experiences. And we hope that you can start to implement some of the ideas and strategies that we share on our show and discover what brings you joy and start your journey to find your own art of living well. As health coaches, we are looking to make a direct impact on your daily life. So please don't hesitate to reach out with any questions or suggestions on topics that you want to learn more about. You can connect with us via social media. All of the links are in our show notes. You can reach out via our website, which is theartoflivingwell.us. Or you can send us an old-fashioned email at theartoflivingwellpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We also wanted to highlight a few of our episodes from this past year, since we know many of you are are new to our show, um, to help you on your health journey. And one of the themes that we'd like to bring you are talking about products and a lot of entrepreneurs who have taken their own health challenges and turned it into a thriving business so that they can help others along their health journey. We'd love for you to go back and listen to some of these. We've had some truly amazing guests that we think that you will love. Um, The first is episode 59 with Maria Uspinski, the founder of The Tea Spot. Marnie and I love, love um, their teas. The next one is episode 77, Jeremiah McCluey, who is the Chief Marketing Officer for Thrive Market. Marnie and I are both members of Thrive Market, and they deliver healthy, high-quality products um, delivered straight to your door, making you know healthy food more accessible. The next episode is 93 with Tim O'Brien. He founded an online brick and online and brick and mortar shop called Find Your Healthy Place, which helps individuals to figure out which supplements they need. He's very focused on high quality supplements and really personalizing that experience for you. And the last episode we want to highlight is 101 with Kelly Love, who is one of the co-founders of Branch Basics. And you're going to learn all about how you can clean up your cleaning products that you use every day and the impact that some of those chemicals can have on our health and well-being. And of course, if you love any of these episodes, please share them on social media, tag us, or simply um, forward them to a friend or family member or anyone else who you think may benefit from this information. And now let's welcome today's guest, Beryl Solomon, who's the co-founder and CEO at Poplar, your modern drugstore. An entrepreneur and business leader at heart, Beryl founded Poplar in 2017 after personally discovering natural medicine solutions. Beryl added cannabis to her health and wellness routine and decreased her dependence on pharmaceutical anti-anxiety and antidepressants. The journey was challenging and Beryl was inspired to make the natural 
drug space more easily accessible and understandable. Because feeling good should be simple. Prior to transitioning into the wellness space, Beryl was a fashion and retail executive focused on creating and growing best-in-class brands. We had so much fun talking with Beryl today. It was such an informative conversation and really eye-opening because she does a great job of breaking down, you know, what is CBD? What is cannabis? How does that fit into the category of cannabinoids? And I still think there is so much confusion out there, even though it is legal in many states. Um, And Beryl opens up and she shares her personal journey with using cannabis Um, and really does a great job of debunking many of the myths about this plant and explaining how it can fit into your life in a safe and healing way. We even talk about having conversations with your teens about using cannabis and the stigma, um, the stigma around cannabis. Beryl's on a mission to make CBD uh, and cannabis a health and wellness tool for adults to use safely and responsibly into their lifestyle to reduce inflammation and bring the body back to homeostasis. She has an amazing online store, Shop Poplar, and there's just really cool and innovative products that can help you with pain, stress, and sleep, really all things wellness. I actually just ordered a few things off of their website, um, including some CBD dark chocolate, which I'm really excited to try. Thought I would give it to my husband for Valentine's Day too. So we. Highly recommend going online, checking out their store. Um, there's links in the show notes. It's Shop Poplar. And you'll find so many products in the health and wellness space, not just CBD um, cannabis based either. So, with that, let's jump right into today's conversation with Beryl Solomon. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Thrive Chiropractic. I was first introduced to Thrive Chiropractic over five years ago for kinesiology-based food sensitivity testing. I was so amazed by this non-invasive and inexpensive technique that I took my son to have testing done, which confirmed some of his food sensitivities. Both my son and I now have regular tune-ups, and even my leery husband has felt the immense benefits from receiving chiropractic care, including cupping. With over 25 years of clinical experience, the doctors at Thrive Chiropractic, located in Minnetonka, Minnesota, combine their passion for wellness with a strong expertise in effective treatment approaches. When you first come to Thrive Chiropractic, the doctors are focused on helping you feel better as soon as possible, and they recognize that one type of treatment or technique does not work for everyone. Your comprehensive exam, personal goals, and individual concerns Help the doctors tailor your custom treatment plan for maximum results. Thrive Chiropractic's integrative approach offers holistic and effective healthcare with a full spectrum of complementary products and services, including acupuncture, massage, food sensitivity testing, CBD, and premium supplements. As a special offer, Thrive Chiropractic would like to invite listeners of our podcast to experience the gifts of health with a $25 new patient visit, which includes the initial consultation, a comprehensive exam, any necessary x-rays, and first adjustments. Simply visit the website at www.thrivechiromn.com or call 952-746-5612 and reference the Arts of Living Well podcast. When you're seeking effective, non-invasive treatment approaches to support your health goals, let Thrive Chiropractic be your partner in wellness. Call or book online today. Hi, Beryl. We are so excited to have you as a guest on our podcast today. And we love that we were connected through Hey Mama, which is a networking community for working moms. And then subsequent to us connecting, I realized that I heard you on the Healers podcast several years ago. And that episode was actually my first entryway into starting to understand CBD and all the different medicinal and, you know, Uh, healing properties that it has. So it's just such a small world. So thank you for taking the time to come on our show today. So everyone has a story and we'd love for you to share your journey of how you traded your antidepressants for CBD and ultimately how you founded Shop Poplar, which is a unique online CBD company. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for having me. A definite shout out to Hey Mama. 
you know, it takes a village. So we all have to support each other. Um, and I love that you listen to the healers podcast. Yeah. I think that was, so we launched in 2018 and I want to say that was either late 2018 or, um, or it was early 19. So from the beginning. Um, so yeah, my story is, um, I am a mom, obviously, hence the Hey Mama. Um, I would consider myself a classic type A personality, hardworking, driven, uh, juggling a lot of things. Um, I was, I lost um, a brother um, and was ultimately diagnosed with PTSD and was on pharmaceutical anti-anxiety, antidepressant medication um, that I was on for a long time through my pregnancies, uh, certainly had conversations with my doctor through my pregnancies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and after I had had both of my children, I actually went and saw um, the doctor to talk about birth control. And she was like, well, you know, do you want the hormonal one or the non-hormonal IUD, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, you know, non, because like, I, I'm, I'm pretty clean. Like I've always been a clean beauty person before that was a thing. I've always sort of cleaned my house with non-toxic products, et cetera. So I was like, you know, clean because I'm, I'm, I'm clean. And she was like, well, except for the Prozac. And I was like, oh, you're right, except for the Prozac. <laughs> and it was almost like, you know, like I took it every day and I just never, I don't know. I just never thought about it. It was just part of, I took it with my vitamins and I just, I just did it. And it really gave me an aha moment to be like, oh my God, what else is just part of my routine that I maybe I'm not thinking about? So I asked, well, what's a natural alternative? Like, what are people doing? And this is like 2017. Um, and what are people doing? And I was leading a, an e-commerce fashion company, you know, all, juggling all the things, wearing all the hats. Because I was like, I don't know that I want to go off of this cold turkey, but what are my, what are my options? Um, and the doctor was like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and so I turned to an, uh, a girl's best friend, Google, and literally just started Googling like natural alternative to, and cannabis kept coming up. And I was like, Ugh, gross. Like I don't use cannabis. Like I haven't touched it since college. Like it's dirty. It smells like, and, and I'll say this a lot throughout the conversation, but to me, cannabis include CBD and THC, and we can talk about the differences of those, but cannabis as an umbrella kept on coming up. And I was fascinated by it, intrigued, I suppose, also super weirded out. Um, but like any, you know, uh, person sort of seeking the truth, you're kind of like, well, if it shows up multiple, multiple times, and you know, when you like hear about something and then you see it multiple times, it happens sometimes with a brand or a TV show. I felt like that's what was happening. I was seeing these signs everywhere, like legalization, right? Like in, in California, like I had a friend who moved to Denver. Like I felt like cannabis started stalking me. So I was like, you know what? I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta give it, I gotta give it the credence it deserves. You know, you can only take so many, you can only ignore so many signs. Uh, I found a doctor. I spoke to a bunch of people and I really like went out on my own mission to understand what it was and fast forward. I um, added cannabis and decreased my pharmaceutical anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication and felt better, less, um, you know, side effects. Uh, and it was pretty revolutionary. And I literally said to myself, I don't understand why this conversation is still secret. Um, you know, obviously cannabis continues years later, right? This is 17, 18 to have so many stigmas attached to it. And what can I do as a type A, you know, clearly not the stoner stereotype, right? Like I couldn't be farther from lazy and dirty. <laughs> I am actually fresh out of the shower as we speak. Um, so I was like, what can I do to help this come out of the shadows? And my sort of aha moment that I shared with my husband over dinner that he almost choked on his sushi was I was like, <laughs> I want to literally, I was like, I want to start the net a porte of legal cannabis, which is going to be CBD. And then eventually let it move as far, you know, sort of as we move as a, as a community. And after he choked on his sushi, he was like, I think you might have something, you know? And I presented my case, which was very thought out. I am daughter of a lawyer and married to a lawyer. So I was like, this is why, this is what the opportunity is. I really, you know, 
I think that it needs to come out of the shadows. I think it's a health and wellness tool. I think, you know, people are going to be talking about it. Again, my background was fashion and retail. I was like, I see it as a trend. It's coming, but it's going to stay so long that it won't go away. Like, this is my lot in life. Like, I am supposed to champion this cause. And, you know, I feel like most good husbands can't say no to that, right? So I was, yeah. he was like, okay. So Poplar was born. And that's kind of the story. I mean, it's a long story, but that's the story. No, that's a great story. And I love, um, I just, I love the way you presented it because like you said, I mean, I hear weed and I think dirty stoner, like all of those stereotypes you mentioned. And I love that you're opening my mind and bringing me out <laughs> I'm of trying. that. And I'm trying. So I'm curious to hear about how you were able to figure out how to go down in your dose on your antidepressant as you increased your, was it CBD or was it, I don't know, or what type of cannabis you were using to do that. And, you know, obviously we're not doctors that you're not a doctor. Like how, how did you manage that? Yeah. I always say whenever I have these conversations, I'm not a doctor, like do not, like I'm not dispensing medical advice, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. I am telling my personal story. Um, yeah, not a doctor and not a lawyer, even though sometimes I think I am. So, um, yeah, I think, so again, I, I use both CBD and THC. Um, I think, uh, most CBDs, well, maybe I shouldn't even say most, but I should say the most efficacious CBD oils, creams, balms, et cetera, do have small bits of THC in them. So hemp derived CBD has less than 0.3% THC in it. That is what we have established as sort of the legal limit that makes something hemp versus cannabis, that level of THC, which is the, um, the part that creates a psychoactive effect, right? Like that gets you what we consider high. Um, so it is very possible that many of your CBD oils that you take, if you do, have small traces of THC in them. And what research shows is actually, they call it the entourage effect. Um, and they actually say that the most effective CBD has all the cannabinoids in the profile, including THC. So, you know, it's again, because it's so stereotyped and it lives in the shadows, sometimes it's hard to like get the facts straight, right? And that's a huge part of what I try to do, which is to say, you know, you may be a super pro CBD advocate, that makes you a cannabis advocate. You don't need to love THC or like get stoned to be a cannabis advocate, just using CBD, which most likely the CBD you're using does have small bits of THC. And if it's not THC, CBD and THC are only two of the more than a hundred cannabinoids that we know about. There was a great meme that was like floating around on the internet a couple of years ago where like, you know, um, CBD and THC asked like avocado, how they became a health food, you know, like, how did you, I actually healthy? saw this. Did you see that? Like, I yes. think it's fantastic. And it's sort of like, like whoever, you know, did CBD and THC's like PR, um, well, CBD did a better job than THC, but regardless, like poor other cannabinoids, you know, that like nobody knows about. And I think as we become and sort of, you know, decrease the stigma associated with being a cannabis advocate, hopefully we will continue to embrace all the cannabinoids and what they can do. You know, we think CBN has amazing sleep properties. Um, you know, CBG is, a, is something we're all really excited about. There's something called THCV, which is um, sort of nicknamed the skinny weed, which actually curbs cravings. You know, so there are so many, I know, right? Everyone's like, woo, I'll get back to that. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so there are all of these of these bits. And I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm a lay person who feels like she likes to be educated enough about the things that she puts in her body. And that was really the impetus, impetus behind Poplar, you know, a website that you feel that you can go to that understands your lifestyle and can um, help you with health and wellness tools that fit into your life. That was a little bit of a squiggle from your question, but um, yeah, I mean, I think CBD is powerful. It is I believe a misnomer to think, well, I like CBD, therefore, you know, but that, but just CBD, I think we need to sort of free ourselves from that stigma and say, um, 
again, with an asterisk, that doesn't mean everyone should use THC. That doesn't mean I'm, I condone, you know, smoking a bowl in the middle of the day. Like that is far, far, far from, um, I think you can be a cannabis advocate and not be a fan of those things. Can we take a step back just because we've, we've had one <clears throat> person on our show talk about CBD um, but I think a lot of our listeners probably need a little bit of a refresher and are still really yeah. learning about this topic. Can you explain the difference between CBD, THC, cannabis, cannab- cannabinoids? Is that the word you were using? Yeah, no, nailed it. Nailed it. Cannabinoids. Okay. You did great. I've never heard that um, <laughs> Yeah. So that's what sort of THC, CBD uh, CBG, CBN are all called cannabinoids. That's sort of the classification. Yeah. So, um, so it's confusing because whoever, whatever scientists sort of created the math of this used two words, the same word as sort of the mom and the daughter, if that makes any sense. So the, the header is cannabis under cannabis. It's sort of, if you think of a tree, it breaks into two pieces. One is hemp and one is cannabis. Therein lies a huge amount of the confusion because they named, again, sort of like the parent and the child of a diagram, the same thing. So cannabis is the header as well as one of the parts of the tree. I know people are listening, so I'm gesturing with my hands, which is not going to really like, you know, work on, the, on uh, when you're listening audio. But so hemp has all of those cannabinoids, the only, again, tea, all those things. The definition of what is considered hemp is that it has less than 0.3% THC, which we believe is not enough to get you that high feeling, that psychotropic feeling. Now, cannabis, the other sort of child, not the parent, also includes CBD, but it includes more than 0.3% of THC. And so a lot of people that are using cannabis right? And I mean the parent one who have a medical card, for example, and are using it for pain or are using it, you know, pediatric seizures, a huge issue. They're actually, the, the strains that are best for them are high CBD. It just has more than 0.3% THC, which automatically sort of knocks it into the cannabis realm. So again, it's just kind of got like a bad rap, you know? So it's, it's almost like we need so many more delineations to understand what's sort of far on the right versus far on the left, not meaning political, but just in terms of a spectrum, right? So like CBD isolate, which is just pure CBD is, let's say that's all the way on one side of the spectrum where, you know, THC is on the other side of the spectrum and there is a, there are a million points in between. So as a person who uses both CBD and THC, I can tell you, I never even touch the stuff that's all the way crazy. Like that's not, I don't want to be out of control. I don't want to feel crazy. I don't want to be paranoid. I don't want to not be able to function. Right. So I'm using more in the middle, which is considered cannabis because it has oftentimes a lot of the things I take have more than 0.3% THC, but still not enough sort of to get you obliterated, if that makes any sense. This is super helpful. And I love the diagram. I know people can't <laughs> see, but just picture a tree because we've had it explained to us before Marnie and I have, but this was really, this was really helpful. So, you know, I think, you know, the stuff that I use periodically is just CBD isolate. It sounds like, um, and then there's, you said, there's all these varying degrees. So depending on what state you live, right, you can get a prescription for, I mean, are the prescriptions for anything in the middle or way over here or, you know, and like so, you talked about, like, how do you know if you need it for, say, for in your case, like antidepressant, anti-anxiety, you know, it seems like because there's so much gray area, that could be really challenging to navigate. It is, it is. And, and I have to say, that's also why I consider myself a cannabis advocate because it is hard, if not impossible, to navigate it in a state that isn't legal. So for, again, oversimplification, just like I did the sort of cannabis tree, like any scientist was probably cringing if they happened to listen to that, but like to oversimplify it in lay women and men terms as I try to do, the um, legalization sort of operates in three buckets. There's nothing is legal, 
there's medical is legal and there is uh, the recreational is what people call it. I don't like that term. I like to call it adult use. Back to exactly that. Like, why is it called recreational? I'm using it instead of my anti-anxiety medication. That's not recreational, you know? And so mm. anyway, side note, which we can talk about. So there's sort of these three buckets. There are states where nothing is legal. There are states where you need a prescription, which is when medical is legal. And there are states um, where adult use is legal. You don't need a prescription. If you're over 21, you can walk into a dispensary and you can get something. So just to paint a landscape. Um, so uh, for a for a, prescri for a prescription, um, so in all of these states, by the way, CBD, right? So hemp with CBD with less than 0.3% THC is federally legal. So all of those states, regardless of the situation that the legality is for the particular state, they can you can buy CBD and CBD can be shipped over state lines because, because it's federally legal. Can in I ask you a quick question about yeah. that before you continue? Interrupt, yes. Okay, yes. so CBD under 3% THC is in the hemp category. But you mentioned that CBD could also be in the cannabis category if it's over 3% THC, correct? 0.3%, so it's following, 0.3%, yep. falling under both categories. Correct. So when you see a CBD shop where marijuana is, let's say, illegal, could they still be selling cannabis? No. Okay. They cannot so, sell anything with more than 0.3% THC. And even if they're in a legal state, they need a license to sell it. So it doesn't necessarily mean, so each state and each shop needs to be licensed. But typically when you see advertisements for CBD, they're talking about point, they, they think, they're talking about less than 0.3% THC. So we, could you say most consumers, when they see CBD products, they're in the hemp category? Yes, they should okay. be. The problem is that a lot of these places, like a gas station or, you know, your random natural, local natural food store, they think they're doing the right thing and they're offering products that their customers are asking for because it is such a complicated category. Are they really requiring the proper test? Are they really giving you the right product? And that's why I would say, because people ask me all the time, why am I going to pay, you know, $90 to buy a bottle of CBD from you, Barrel, when I could pay $29.99 and buy it from the, from the gas station? You know, and I would respond with the same I'm a big analogies girl, like, cause this thing is so complicated and you know, you want to make it as simple as possible. And my response would be like, sure, no problem. You could also buy apples, right? At the gas station, or you could buy apples at Whole Foods. You make a choice where to buy them. And there's nothing wrong with your choice, but there is something, there is a level of um, confidence you have, right, wrong, or indifferent, buying your apple from Whole Foods, and you do buying your apple from the grocery, from the gas station, um, you know, and that just extends, right, so that, to me, that's just an example of, like, and you could say that for anything, right, like, oh, I don't know, where do you buy your fill in the blank, and you like to, right, like, are you buying, or maybe to make it more, I don't know, female-centric, like, sure, you could buy something that says Gucci on the streets on Canal, like, on Canal Street in New yeah. York, it's probably not Gucci. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna like, right? But like, it well, says Gucci. Right. And, and unfortunately, and again, this is why I'm a cannabis advocate, because if it is more standardized and the rules are more clear, then we'll know what we're putting in our body is actually yes. the medicine that we need. Well, mm -hmm. it's no different than supplement in that whole industry. It's the same thing. Don't buy your supplements where you buy your toilet paper, you know? <laughs> right. Don't buy your CBD or your apple right. where you buy, where you get your gas. I mean, so right. I get that and I like it because I, you know, I'm two ends of the spectrum. One, you don't want to be taking too much. And if you're going to take it because you think it's helping you, then you want to have an effective product. That's and exactly so right. that's, what's the tricky part? Like, where do you buy it and how do you vet your products because it's not regulated. And we're going to get more into later, like just talking more about shop popular and all that. Um, so we've chatted a little bit about some of the health and wellness aspects, but can you expand a little bit more on how you believe CBD can really fit into 
someone's health and wellness, you know, lifestyle, their habits, and whether it's medicinal or not. Yeah. So, and, and Marnie, just, I do want to put in the parking lot, my, how did I do it? You know, document it since I'm not a doctor. I didn't forget that you asked me that. I did not answer it. So we'll parking lot that also, I'm just making a mental note. Um, so how do you, how does it fit into your life? I mean, you know, I think, I think that the tincture format, which is for those, you know, which is everyone listening, except for the three of us, right? Tinctures are the oils that you put sublingually, which means under your tongue. I think that's a very archaic format. Mm. Um, I do, I, I think that it has value if you know how to use that format. And, you know, there is something about old formats, like, well, if it was good, then it must be good now, right? Like it stands the test of time. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that if we want cannabis to fit in people's lifestyle, this may be a real like crazy comment, we do as a cannabis industry need to look beyond the tincture format because it is complicated and it is hard to think about how like opening a bottle of oil and putting it under your tongue and holding it for 30 seconds and swallowing it like fits into your life when a lot of other things like supplements are put the powder in your drink and stir it up and swallow or take a capsule. And so I do think that, um, I do believe that cannabis needs to evolve. And I think we see that a lot in the legal THC market. Edibles are on the rise, right? Like formats that people like um, and that feel familiar because a tincture isn't really that familiar. On the other hand, there are a lot of health and wellness tinctures. So if you're a real health and wellness guru, you're like, what do you mean? I take seven tinctures every morning. Like, I don't care. <laughs> so I think it depends who you are. And what I say to everyone is the first step of adding cannabis to your health and wellness routine is has to be a format you're going to take and you're going to take on a regular basis because CBD should be taken, CBD in particular. And if you're using cannabis as a you know, alternative to anti-anxiety, anti-depression, et cetera, you need to use it every day, just like you take your Prozac every day or, you know, for, for other, just like you take your Adderall every day, right? It, there are things, it needs to be part of your daily routine in order to really see the effects. So a huge misnomer out there, like makes me cringe is when someone's like, well, I took CBD once and it didn't do anything. I'm like, well, sure. Like, again, here's my analogy. Like, you know, well, right. But here's my analogy. Okay. So you ate a salad. You said you wanted to eat healthy and you wanted to lose 20 pounds, 10 pounds, five pounds. I shouldn't even say 20 because no one really, whatever. Let's say you want to lose five pounds. You're like, I'm going to eat healthy. So you eat a salad and you eat it for one day. Did you lose 20 pounds? No, you ate a salad for one day. Sure. Maybe you like mentally feel better because you like took the first step, you know, but it's routine. It's, it's, it's religious commitment to a routine that is, in my opinion, health and wellness, whether it's exercise, whether it's CBD, whether it's your supplement, whether it's drinking more water, none of those things can be done for one day and none of them can be done in a vacuum. And that to me is like, bar none, you need to add it to your routine and give something 30 days, anything, not just cannabis, not just CBD, but you need to give something 30 days. I mean, think of how we treat our children. Think of, I mean, I'm holding our new puppy on my lap. Think of how we train a puppy. Like you do something once, no way. Like you're done. You have to do it. I think they say it takes 21 days to make a habit. Yep. Yes. And you know, that's such a good point because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm going to take, you know, I've kind of dabbled the CBD oils here and there. And sometimes I'm like, well, I'm feeling a little anxious this morning, so I'll take it. But it's to your point, I need to be taking it every day. I can't just do it those days that I think I need it. Right. And there can't, and there's something to upping the dosage on a day that you are very stressed or adding another, um, you know, adding an an afternoon, you know, uh, dose, if you will. But what CBD really does, and I think, and what cannabis really does, but in particular CBD it does two things. I mean, there are people tout all this stuff, right? And it's, again, I think we make it way overcomplicated. Um, in my, the way I talk about it is it does two things and two main things, CBD. It reduces inflammation and it brings your body back to homeostasis. So I'll explain, right? So reduce inflammation is pretty straightforward, right? You're swollen, inflammation, and so much pain, fatigue, 
um, stress causes inflammation, headaches are inflammation, right? So many ailments come back to inflammation. So when you see people be like, how is it possible that CBD helps with my knee and helps me sleep and helps me this? Like, it's because it does these two things, reducing inflammation, which causes pain, which typically is what then creates a whole, kicks off a whole cycle of bad stuff, right? Um, and it, it brings your body back to homeostasis, which is, you know, a fancy science way of saying your equilibrium. At the end of the day, you know, your body needs to sort of be, not to say your personality or your energy, but like your body needs to reach that place that it's optimally functioning, right? Where it's getting enough of all of the things that it can think, that it can exercise, that it can sleep. And when you're off that cycle, it takes a long time to get back on it. And that, both of those things are why, again, taking it every day, making it a part of your routine, because you, your body's always facing bits of inflammation or bits of getting thrown off your routine. And just another thing that helps you stay, stay stable. So I have a question about that. How does a person know how much they need for that? Because I'm assuming, you know, I'm a small person, we're all small people. And there are also, you know, six foot five Oh, yeah, multiple hundreds of pounds people walking. Yeah, like, my husband, six, four, two, whatever. He would be mad maybe that I said that. So, but I don't think, you know. <laughs> yes, no, it's different. And so again, this uh, great question. Okay. Dosing is one of the most complicated pieces of cannabis. And I also think, unfortunately, it's one of the pieces that continues to make it hard for people to embrace it because if it's complicated, your instinct is to be like, yeah, it's too complicated. I'm not time for that. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, especially as women and mothers and right. It's like, oh my God, I have so many things on my mind and now I got to figure this out. Um, which goes back to your question of how, again, like sort of how I did it. So dosage is complicated and, um, it takes a little while to figure it out. And every format also is a different dosage. So the way your body absorbs a tincture versus a capsule versus an edible is different. So not only is the amount of milligrams that you need different per body, and not just weight, but also how your body rates. Some people are super sensitive, right? Like some people are like, I take one Advil. And, I'll, and some people are like, I take four, you know? <laughs> like, Or again, back to the analogy, someone is like, oh, I, I drink one glass of wine. And someone's like, I have a bottle. Like, it, you know, it's different. And you have to try and you have to be willing to understand that it takes time to then figure out what fits in your regimen. So I always say, start, start low and go slow. And, you know, and there you'll reach a point where, again, most likely when you say I took CBD and it didn't work, it was a combination of you didn't take it regularly and you didn't take enough. Um, so I did a whole lot of trial and error. I had a log and I wrote down, you know, sort of I created a morning routine and an, and an evening routine and I decreased my pharmaceutical um, anti-anxiety medication five like increments of five milligrams. Um, and simultaneously I added cannabis and I gave everything. It took me almost a year, right? Because I was like, oh, that didn't work. And obviously as you get more into it, you can fine tune it and tweak it. And now I tweak it. I tweak my regimen all the time, right? Like I'm like, really stressed holidays are coming. I got 30 people coming for Thanksgiving. Like we're going to up that CD intake. Right. Um, so, but in short, I think, you know, starting with about somewhere in the range of 20 to 50 milligrams of CBD of CBD, by the way, if anyone listens to this and takes that and then walks into a dispensary now CBD between, um, THC is a whole different ballgame. Uh, I know we're not really spending a ton of time on that, but I would just say from a THC perspective, if you have not touched it since college or ever, literally start with one or two milligrams. And if a bud tender, which is the person who helps you in a dispensary, laughs at you, leave and go to another one because they don't get you. And they, they think this is this stoner culture of the more stoned, the better. And again, not so much of what I want to change and what I advocate for the idea that a, you can use cannabis and not be stoned. Um, you can be highly functional. Um, and I, I mean, so many things, but yes. And, and there is this idea of this low dose that most, again, I'm going to, I'm going to generalize 
um, women would be much happier with and would be actually quite surprised at how much it helped. Um, again, sort of contrary to popular belief. So the, the milligrams we're talking about THC and CBD are very different. So I just want to asterisk that. So no one like, do not, do not go eat an edible with 20 milligrams of THC. Bad things will happen. I mean, they won't, you won't die, but you'll be bad. It'll be bad. Don't. One, okay. two. CBD on the other hand, 20, 30, 40, start with it. You can't really overdose. But again, you don't want to use more than you need because your body will eventually build up a tolerance and then, and you'll be, and the more milligrams, the more expensive, and you're just, and you're just putting stuff in your body you don't need, which living well by definition is not what you, what you want to go after. So yeah. would your, would your goal, like just you, for instance, who switched from, you know, your antidepressants to your CBD um, would your ultimate goal be to be off of all of it and live and be able to like meditate and exercise and do other modalities of wellness? You know, I think that plants are different from pharmaceuticals. Um, and I think that I believe that, I mean, as an example, again, <laughs> totally like we like turmeric, okay. Turmeric's a plant. It's a wellness plant. You don't ever hear someone being like, whew, she's got to really like get off the turmeric, you know, like, whoo, she's, I mean, so much of it is branding. So like, I guess if I lived off the grid, you know, somewhere in not my, nor my life, would I say, oh, I want just like to put, to ingest nothing right? Like, I guess, I mean, the Dalai Lama doesn't eat. So like, sure. <laughs> but right. Like, I don't like, but like even food, I mean, food, you want to eat plants. Like they come from the earth, they have nutrients. And like so much of what we have been taught about cannabis is a racially motivated stigma and profile that was created. I mean, the war on drugs was created to incarcerate brown and black people. It just was. And we could talk about that. We can, it, it, I, I always feel responsible when I'm having a conversation about cannabis, especially when I'm having a conversation, you know, with white women, it's important to understand that. But that was the, the impetus of this, you know, negative stereotyping of this plant. And when you are able to peel that back, I mean, I certainly don't, I mean, and when you, I have so many thoughts, right? Like, and when you talk about people who go on wellness journeys and like, you know, like take super trippy plant medicine, um, you know, it's all about where your line is. And I'm not here to tell anyone where their line is. What I'm here to sort of say is that bar none, plants are better than pharmaceutical medication, period, full stop. I don't believe that there's anyone who could argue that now. I also believe there is a time and a place for pharmaceutical medication. I am not someone who's like, oh, you were diagnosed with cancer, go meditate and maybe it will help. Like, yeah. that's not me. There may be people who like, and that's right, but like, that's not me. I believe that science is great. I vaccinated my children on Sunday as an example. Okay, they're six and eight, they were vaccinated. I got my booster a couple of days ago. Like I am pro-science and pro-science, you know, helping us, which science oftentimes can, can, can equal pharmaceutical, right? But I do think there are plants alternatives. And so, no, I don't have to answer your question. I don't hope that I go off of it. I don't think I abuse cannabis. I don't think I use it to, um, you know, be out of my mind and be sort of out of this world and not focus on my responsibilities. And because I don't use it that way, I don't need to take it away from my life, right? Like I, I drink a lot less using cannabis. I think drinking, I would love to actually totally eliminate drinking. Um, sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes I want to <laughs> eliminate it. Sometimes I don't, right? And that, that, so I just feel like there are so many things on my list that I would, that would go if I was le living a pure life. But also just, and I think I mentioned this, like, that's not real. Like, I live in a house. I have responsibilities. We pay a mortgage. I have two kids. Like, Right. Like I have responsibilities. I have aging parents. I have siblings, right? Like all of those things. And so I also think that like, yes, meditation is powerful, but there is no one size fits all. And so if cannabis works for me and I'm not abusing it and I'm using it in moderation and I'm fully sort of aware of how I'm using it, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. 
So here's a question for you. Is there any like long-term implication of using, you know, cannabis for anti-anxiety and just sort of like, you know, as a relaxant, if you will, kind of similar to wine or alcohol? So what I will yeah. So what I will say is yet another reason that I'm a cannabis advocate is because until it's legal, it's very hard to, to research. So it's very hard to reference studies. I mean, one of the big conversations in the cannabis world is, you know, pregnancy and cannabis, whether it's CBD, THC, et cetera. Like they're just, I mean, there, listen, there's a lot of conversations going on. That's one of them. But the reality is we don't have a lot of data because number one, cannabis is still federally legal, illegal. And the way that we uh, fund research trials, all of those things, a lot of that comes from federal dollars. So we're just going to be betwixt and between from a scientific perspective, but there are, you know, uh, studies coming out of Israel or coming out of, you know, other countries. And the, the short answer is, we don't believe that there are negative effects. Um, again, it's a plant. It comes from the earth. Um, so the, but only if it's real cannabis and only if it's sort of tested, which is also why I advocate for legalization because once it's tested and sold in dispensaries, then it's regulated. Um, and that cannabis, we don't believe has long-term, you know, any long-term negative effects. Um, you know, and anecdotally, we look at many, many, um, I mean, the fastest growing segment that's buying cannabis is in their 60s. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really something that's embraced um, or starting to, we're starting to see it embraced. So no, we don't think so, but it's definitely a think because we don't have a ton of research. Um, but I think anecdotally, if you think about your, you know, crazy aunt Susie or whoever, like she's probably been smoking weed for a really long time and she's kicking, you know? Um, so I think, um, and I also think it's always an, a question of, well, what instead, right? Like, cause we don't live in this sort of pristine world where we're like, oh, it's fine. I'll just meditate. So is it, it cannabis instead of, and what we do know is taking pharmaceuticals has long-term effects. What we do know is, you know, significant drinking of alcohol has negative effects on our body. Like those things we do know. So at least, at least in the concept of like, well, if there's an alternative that doesn't have measured negative effects, wouldn't that be a better place to start? I think it's all your points are super interesting and lots to ponder, but um, I'm wondering how you have the conversation about cannabis with teenagers. Such, such a good question. So what I'll say is my kids are six and eight. So I can't tell you from personal experience how you have that conversation with teenagers. Um, but I will say, and they're going to like, if they, I'll tell them I referenced them on this podcast. I have two half sisters, which I treat very much like my sisters. It's only important to say they're half sisters because they're 15 and 18 and I'm 41 years old. So just context. So those are the teenagers in my life. Um, and I will say that when their sisters started a cannabis company, right? I mean, we sell CBD, but eventually we would like to touch, you know, cannabis as a whole. It certainly was a conversation, um, even if it wasn't explicitly that I needed to have it, they're my sisters, like I'm gonna have it. I mean, they knew I worked at Kate Spade, right? So like they were excited about that. And then all of a sudden all their friends were gonna be like, oh, so how's Kate? And they're gonna be like, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh. So <laughs> So I think, you know, I think I believe there, there are two important facets of cannabis that enable us to have conversations with teenagers and adults. And those facets are the uh, medical part of it and the adult use part of it. And I think if we break them up into pieces and understand that they relate as a whole, we'll end up being successful. So let's talk about the adult use part first. We go into wine stores. We take our kids into wine stores or alcohol stores. It's something that they know you can only do when you're an adult. It's regulated. We know what we're putting in our body. And we have messaging all over, which is don't drink and drive. Be responsible. Alcohol can make you sick. You know, all of those things. Now, are teenagers most likely going to try it anyways? Yeah, they're going to try it. Do we hope they try it in a safe environment? Yeah. And do we hope that then they can come and talk to us because it's something that they know we 
understand, yeah, I think as a parent, that's our hope, right? They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do try things. We want them to know that we're a safe place. Well, we want them A, to not mess up so badly, right? So it's like, if you're going to drink, don't get in a car, right? Like that's the, and I, that's the same message with cannabis, by the way, right? Like, so I think when you talk about the adult use part, I think really drawing parallels of responsible cannabis consumption is a huge part of that message to teenagers. Like we want it to be legal so we can, so we can regulate it. We want it to be legal. So we're sure we know what you're getting kids and adults alike, because people who want to find it are finding it. And it's, you know, it, it just, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to go buy pot on the street. They're going to try it. It's either going to be oregano or it's going to be something real bad. And then something bad is going to happen where alternatively, you know, if it is regulated, it's a lot harder for teenagers. Like they can't go in dispensaries. They can't even, kids can't even go with their parents to dispensaries. So I think the messaging to teenagers is like, this is something that's out there. It is used both for medicine and for pleasure. When you're over 21, there is an opportunity for us to discuss this just like it is with alcohol. And you need to be responsible. And it's, you know, if you have any questions, I want to answer them for you. And I am here for you in a, you know, somewhat judgment-free environment, because we all know as mothers, we're somewhat judgment-free. And, and I think we just need to be honest with them. And then I think on the medicinal side, it's medicine. And we need to fight that stigma that it's not. You know, whether you're using it for pain relief, whether you're using it for, I mean, and so many people tell the story of, um, I was anti-cannabis and then my, my you know, mother had breast cancer or my father went through this, or I saw an ailing, you know, friend go through that and we made them a brownie. And for the first time in six months, they were able to eat and nourish their body and therefore start to feel better. And they think telling those stories again, though, really around conscious consumption and responsibility. And if we just make that part of the conversation, you know, listen, our teenagers are woke on all sorts of things. Like they get it. And the more I believe we treat them with that respect, you know, and trust, I think the messaging can so much more be around, wait to use it until your brain is fully developed. Wait to you, please only use it from legal sources. Please make sure you understand dosage. Please, you know, all of those, I believe are the messages, not cannabis is bad. Anything that we tell them is bad, they're going to go ape shit on as soon as they're out from under our roof, you know? Um, so yeah, those are just some tools. Again, I talked about it with my, you know, with my sisters and, and, you know, now they come to me and they talk, I mean, the 18 year old is a freshman in college at NYU and, you know, Hey, like people, people are we're smoking. Like, what does that mean? Okay. Let's talk about it. What was it? Did you ask what it was? You know, and, and those are real questions. Um, and, and I don't I know. I hope that's tricky. Oh no. I think that was great. What you just, everything that you shared, I think that's so important for parents or any adult just to consider. I think the tricky part is one, it's not legal in every state. So for some parents out there, if they are using it and they're getting it from a different source, then that's a whole different conversation. Right. And then two, <laughs> you can't like measure like blood alcohol level. You know, if you were to get pulled over and driving, you know, so you can, there or is you a, can, there is a system, there is a system that is in, um, it's experimental phase that we are testing that will be able, um, that we hope will be able to test. Um, the problems are how long do you stay in your system? Are you still, you know, are you still under the effects, even if it's showing up in your blood? So there are so many things that we need to figure out. But again, if the, if, if part of the messaging to our children is don't drink and don't drive under the influence, like it's a period, like don't drive under the influence of Percocet. Don't drive under the influence of, you know, any like, right. I mean, don't text and drive. We, yeah. if you had thought that was going to be a message we were going to tell our kids when we, you know, like we have to evolve and our messaging has to evolve and it's not black and white and you are a hundred percent correct. Is it a legal state? Is it not a legal state? There are so many nuances, but you know, not to be like a plug, but like personally message me, like email me, reach out to me on Instagram. Like I, 
I believe, you know, each of these conversations sort of opens up another doorway and another doorway and another opportunity. And only once we aren't afraid to talk about it, are we then able to just be like, oh, wow, like, I didn't think of that or, oh, that's interesting. And we're going to learn so much and it's going to evolve only once we stop being afraid of it and we start advocating for legality, which does not mean advocating for people to be stoned all the time. I just repeat that sort of over and over again. Even my puppy yeah. agrees. Yeah. You know, like they, the, the two things, I don't know if the bark came through, but the two things just, they're not the same. And it's, and we are trained, like we grew like, listen, Nancy Reagan, like this, is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. Like we grew up that way. Like it's not, it's yeah. not true. <laughs> like I hate to be like, but it's not true. Yeah. And I would love to pivot a little bit and talk about your store, like your shop and all the products you have, because you have way more than just a few tinctures on there. And I'm like super, (laughs) I'm super interested personally to try out several of these. Um, So let's talk about like, how is your shop different from other e-commerce platforms that sell CBD? And you've got all these different like cool products, even ones that can help with sex and intimacy. So can you dive in and share? Yeah. So I, I mean, a big part, as you can, as you can, I think, tell through this conversation is like, I believe I know who my audience is and my audience is you guys. And it's the people who are listening to this. And I don't believe that the future of retail is being everything they want. Like, I just don't, you, it's not going to work. I mean, sure. It's going to work. Go to Amazon. Like, right. And there are plenty of, we get Amazon deliveries every day. Right. I'm not like, this is not a hate on Amazon moment, but there are other things that you want curated. Like, and so that's really where my journey began. And the creation of Poplar was like, I don't want, I don't want to offer 27 sleep tinctures because what sort of normal person knows the difference between sleep tincture A, sleep tincture B and sleep tincture C. So part of what makes us different is that we are quite curated. So we really have done or attempted to do the hard work for you. You know, we have two sleep tinctures. They're different price points. They have, as an example, they're different price points. They have, you know, different cannabinoids in them. They're made, you know, one is a female founded brand, but like, right. And we're trying, we try to tell you those stories, um, and really connect with you so we can support your values. Um, we really give a preference to, um, female or BIPOC founded brands, you know, separate from the 15% challenge, um, you know, that for those of listening who are not, um, familiar with it. Um, in the wake of a lot of Black Lives Matter, there was um, a lot of pledges from a lot of retailers to commit 15% of their shelf space to Black brands because 15% of our um, of our country is Black and that that should um, mirror it. But irrespective of 15%, I mean, and because cannabis was, again, like used as a tool to incarcerate black and brown people. I mean, it is our responsibility to go above and beyond um, to try to make sure that people have an opportunity. So, you know, small brands, um, but we vet them. We make sure, like I said before, like it's not the gas station. I mean, we, we have personal relationships with the founders. We vet the ingredients. We're some of the first, we're the first, some of the first sort of retailers to put it online, right? We believe in our brands. If they're like, hey, we launched this new product. Can we see if we can get it going? Um, you know, so how do you take that sort of mom and pop, but elevated and chic sort of idea, mush it all together and put it online. That's what we're trying to do. Um, and trying to think about how, how it will work in your real life, um, create bundles where it's kind of like, okay, let's take, you know, this from this brand, this from this brand and put them all together. And that's really an experience. And the other way we like to differentiate ourselves, um, so I like to think about like learning, buying and doing, and there are, and some of that needs to be free. Um, so we have free playlists on our, um, on our website. You can schedule a free consult with me and have a conversation about cannabis use, which can be CBD, THC, and all the things in between. Um, so much of what I want to do is build community as we, and build advocates as this industry grows and expands. I mean, women and mothers 
are the people who are going to enable this to be accepted in the mainstream because we are going to talk to our children and they're like and they listen to us and they trust us even if sometimes it feels like they don't um you know and that's the way we're going to affect change just like black lives matter that's how we affect change right like all of these bits and so the website tries to be a manifestation of all of these things. So you can buy experiences, you can buy a sound healing workshop, you can um, buy, you can, again, for free, sort of um, consume, whether it's information on the blog or a playlist, um, you know, and we hope that it's fun and interesting and not scary and creepy, right? The intention is not it's not to shy away from the idea of cannabis, but also to say that that can be really refined and beautiful and, you know, isn't sort of like bongs and thongs, as I say, you know, like there's no long nails and cleavage, like, you know, and no disrespect to people with great nails and great cleavage, but like, right, that's not, I mean, we're all like, no one can see us, but like, we're all wearing sweaters, like, right, like it's, it's real life. And I think we want to, we want to connect on a real level with people and, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't compete with like a Sephora, right? Like they're going to have all this stuff, but how do we, how do we turn customers into advocates? That's our goal. Um, even a little bit at a time. Well, your, your store sounds so cool. <laughs> and I'm excited to really spend some time digging through it. Where can people find you? And we'll link it. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. So, so you can shop online at shop-poplar, P-O-P-L-A-R.com. Um, and you can Google Poplar and we will show up. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at Poplar. And you can also reach me personally Honestly, honestly, anytime um, via Instagram seems to be the way most people are most comfortable. My personal handle is at Beryl Aliza, um, B-E-R-Y-L-A-L-I-Z-A. Because um, people like sort of putting those private conversations face-to-face or, you know, face-to-face via Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, again, I would say sign up for our email list, uh, check it out. We try to be a resource. We're not just hawking stuff we try to be a resource beyond selling beautiful products which is also great but um yeah and we're we're super grateful um for you guys helping us sort of get the word out right that's that's how it happens well I love that you have this education component because Marnie and I just feel really passionate about that that's why we have the podcast that people can get all this information that's been vetted out um for free. And, and, and I like that you're just simplifying it and trying to streamline and cut through the confusion. So this has been an awesome conversation. So Beryl, we love leaving our listeners with some practical tips that they can Im- immediately implement into their lives. So if there's someone out there who's curious about incorporating CBD into their wellness routine, what would you suggest? Mm, that's a great question. Um, So we actually offer a travel size, a small, I believe it's $30. Um, The brand that happens to sell this is called Juna. Um, We offer a small one. And so what I would say is try it, buy it, try it. It's a very like low lift investment. I would do that in conjunction with maybe a free playlist, right? So you can like really feel the audio sensory, the, and, and just give it a try. I think so much of it, and so much of so many things were stuck in our head. And if you just add it to your routine, I mean, if someone told you you could try something and it would have no negative effect, I, I just feel like, why wouldn't you try it? Uh, you know, um, and or if that, you know, find a friend and go to a dispensary. You don't have to buy anything. Just ask a few questions or reach out to me. Um, I'm happy, um, I'm really happy to answer any questions uh, genuinely. Like I mean that sincerely. Um, We are still at a size that like I can have, you know, I wanna have those one-on-one conversations. So I would say, find a friend, go to a dispensary, buy a small bottle of CBD from us or another trusted retailer um, and figure out how it can fit in your life. Um, it's It's a process though. Don't feel like you need, Yes, these things, those two things happen to be like low hanging fruit, but it's a process and it's always evolving and always changing. And that's okay. Like it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. 
Um, so this has been such an interesting conversation. I know our listeners are going to be really excited to dive in and learn more because it's not something that's talked about and so openly too, and honestly. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, so one final question we'd like to ask all of our listeners is what does the art of living well mean to you? I think it changes through time. I think right now, the art of living well, I mean, you know, listeners are going to be listening to this in the spring, but right now, right now it's about to be winter. And I think living well is like nourishing our, our bodies and our minds, like in a familial way, right? Again, just based on where we are right now in the actual calendar, I think it's eating warm foods and cuddling with your family. And I think it's a combination of like those inputs both external and like, again, what you're actually feeding your soul. And so as it's winter here, time with your family and, you know, letting yourself not really worry about what else, like, like FOMO is so pre-COVID, like, just let it go. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, and just hold on to those few people and take solace in those relationships. And like, to me, that's what that's what living well is. I don't want to go to a big party. I want to have, you know, two couples over for a dinner party. Like that to me just feels, that's what living well right now feels like to me. Um, and I'm sure in another season and another moment, it can feel different. And that's kind of the awesome part again, in my humble opinion, but, um, I really enjoyed the conversation and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I love, I love what you said. Um, and I love learning about this topic because I don't know a lot about it and I appreciate you taking the time to really explain it to us so that we can have a better understanding. Well, thank you. And, you know, again, ask the questions, don't be afraid to ask the questions. That's I think the really important first step. Yes. Um, well, thank you. Have a wonderful holiday season. And thank and you. go check out Shop Poplar. Yes. And there's some chocolate on there that I saw was not was out of stock, but I'm like super is excited. It's gonna be in stock literally tomorrow. The okay, is coming in. So de- never fear. Okay. Never fear. It's yes, it's by Calivolve, an amazing, amazing female-founded BIPOC brand. So again, we really try to highlight amazing brands and amazing women doing phenomenal things in the space. So yes, the chocolate will be back. It is a perfect. Hostess gift. Okay, great. I'm buying some. Leave it there. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Beryl. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Be well. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.